Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Carlos. Bienvenido a Side One. ¿Recibiste mi orden? Claro, te van a cargar la troca. Un cafecito, una donita. ¿Y la figura? Pues que se quede redonda. Side One no solo es el distribuidor más grande del país de productos de landscaping, irrigación y luces. También somos un amigo en quien contar. Valoramos a nuestros clientes latinos porque son una fuerza mayor de esta industria a través de esfuerzo y sudor. Por eso cuando estás en Side One, estás entre amigos. Side One, juntos más fuertes. Hello, my name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 28 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I want to hear some air horns. That was good, I enjoyed that. To my left, to my immediate left actually... A non-regular co-host, making her grand return on No Encore. I think you're here for the first time since my birthday, yeah. that ramshackle episode that no one liked. And the first time since Colm said that he could take me on. What did that mean? What? Do you remember with the Dinosaur Junior album? Oh, I do, yes. Yeah. I, th- I think we were going to settle that Physically. with fisty cuffs. Wow. So that's something to look forward to <laughs> after the mic It didn't spill out off. onto the street. No? Oh, yeah. You were like, you were like I'm 6'2 and she's whatever. Oh, yeah. And there's two of me aggressive. because I got confused and thought I was the winkle boy from the social network. Nonetheless, uh, what else could that introduction mean apart from it's Zara Hederman. Hi. Woo. <laughs> Let's hope this is a better podcast than one you were on. That guy talking right there with the morose ca- cadence of tone is Craig Fitzpatrick. Mr. Fantastic, how are you? Telefantastic? Like that like that is, that, is, is that what you do? I was going to go with the fantastic whore, so that oh, was better. Well, that would sound wrong. More complimentary. I, I feel like, that again, like further dr- driving us away from Has Hans news. Christian Andersen been one? Nope. Well, there you go. It won't be now. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Regan. Hello. Are you already regretting this? Uh, no, I'm, I'm all right. Unfortunately, I do have a cold, though. So if I suddenly get more and more sexy as the show goes on, that's what's happening. Air and also you'll be removing items of clothing. Naturally. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know do. if that'll come across <laughs> on mic. <laughs> so uh, it's a good thing that you didn't, you know, the, if your voice is troubled, you wouldn't want to be shouting out opera out loud, would you? 
Shouting out opera. Is that, is that, is that what opera singers do? Well, you tell me. You're at a gig. One of us went. Uh, th- it's been about 20 episodes since one of us has gone to a concert. That's not that long. It's, it's been maybe a while. 10. Uh, the words of Aaron Lewis from Stained. It's been a while. Been a while. But. Yes. Cullum <laughs> was at a gig. Yeah, and Andrea not just any Bocelli. gig. It's not my normal Wednesday night, it's got to be said. But uh, needs must. Um, it was quite enjoyable, I must say. Actually, like pretty pedestrian in the first half. Um, part of that is because I'm not a big opera gig person. Like I've gone to operas before, and so yeah. like you know, there's different acts, and so I get the idea. People go on and off, but apparently you kind of have to do that when you're doing opera, like to save your voice. Sure. So it meant that like he came out, sang two songs, and then just left for a while, and someone else just had to come up. And it wasn't and like sing. you were at an opera; he was just doing the hits kind of thing, wasn't he? Like but, there was no story going on. No, no, yeah. no, no, there wasn't. And I mean, as well, like by hits, <laughs> you know, it's how long did he play me. for? Uh, there was two parts. First was probably about 40, 45 minutes. Second one was about an hour with a couple of encores and stuff. So, yeah, it was good. Nicole Scherzinger was a fucking yeah, guest. That's a weird one. Right? A special guest. Yeah, but like the head pussycat doll becoming some sort of like... Look, she's loosened up her buttons singer. and she's gone opera. Yeah, it, it was more musical theatre than opera, to be perfectly honest. Isn't uh, it always with her? Yeah. <laughs> she did Memory from Cats, which reminded me of that great Fraser joke when uh, Niles' wife Maris loses her part in the community theatre because she can't remember oh. the words. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but so he did Time to Say Goodbye and Nessim Dorma at the end That's and you're just want. like, yeah, fucking What was awesome. the audience like? Was it like grannies and then oh, football man. fans? Oh man, did you ever watch <laughs> University Challenge yes. like one mature student who raises the average age completely it was that but the opposite okay. because myself and the missus were there that like surely the only people there under the age of 35 certainly that I saw anyway was he wearing a Leicester City jersey no he was wearing a three piece suit and a dicky bow and yeah he looked very well that's pretty smart uh, he also didn't Stand have Claudio Ranieri just standing next to him uh, you would have added the have hashtag added column does Pacelli didn't take off as much as we had hoped it would well it wasn't quite as wild a gig as the McLemore one like I said <laughs> no. I mean he didn't throw a single cookie into the balcony yeah There's I still did quite enjoy your, the thread they were very I strong really liked it. Yeah, thanks very much yeah. hashtag Dave does McLemore if you're wondering what we're referring to right there <laughs> still plugging the McLemore <laughs> several months ago <laughs> but you know it, it can be a curious beast Twitter you know, things can happen on there that you don't anticipate, like that, for example. It's cruel mistress at times. And I was kind of like, I was kind of tottening up. I, I kind of realized in the wake of a, a recent one, we've had a few beefs, guys. We've actually, like, we, we've upset the apple cart a little bit. Mm. And the most recent one was last Friday night. <laughs> Craig is on Twitter, presumably with a glass of red in his hand. <laughs> no, He's I was watching on the late, number two, watching, watching the, the Late, watching late, 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 late show. show. A can so, of what, by the way? Uh, I think it was Carlsberg. We should probably bleep that out because they're not sponsored. So, uh, uh, okay. other beers are available. <laughs> you, can, you can drink whatever. Just put in whoever we secure a deal with. Just kind of okay. I'm drinking it. one right now, and it's uh, a lovely Carling beer. Drinking water. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Carling, the best of beers. It's a pretty good beer, that Carling beer. <laughs> so, late late show, uh, not a great show. No, Problematic for sure. And <laughs> Craig got frosty all, already up. Yeah. Craig got seriously frosty. Uh, tell us what happened. Just when you think things can't get any worse, the blizzards come on. <laughs> Was there a big comeback? And I think they were at Electric Pic- Picnic, were they? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so... They're, they're a headline act at this year's Hard Work and Cost Heroes, and uh, as I noted myself on Twitter, it's really good to see the festival rewarding a nascent, exciting, up-and-coming... I know, Plucky I young know. talent, isn't it's it? It's just really these guys coming back around. They were so bad the first time, and I said as much on Twitter. I said, as bad as everyone remembers... <laughs> Uh, called them a bunch of jokers. Bunch of jokers. Painful. I mean, <laughs> there was some kind of residual turbidity frustration, I think, as well in the tweet. So it was maybe a bit, a bit much. But um, did you hurl your can at the television screen? <laughs> no, not quite. That was enough for me, and I just 
was quite satisfied with that. Thought it, you know, nothing then, uh, of it. And then it all went a bit, a bit real. It all got real, didn't it? it? Got too real. Yeah. Um, the drummer who is called D- Deck Murphy, I believe, um, tweeted back More at like me. Dick Murphy, am I right? <laughs> What was his comment? It was um, what are you um, a, a, journalist, ge- a journalist or, or a generalist? generalist. Yeah. I think because I said I spoke for everybody in my hatred of the blizzards. Really, I think was fair. He really came at you there, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Um. So we got into a bit of a thing. And he it, backed down. Yeah, he backed down immediately, and it was revealed that he was on the bus home from the studio, checking <laughs> his mentions or typing the words "the blizzards" into Twitter, probably. Yeah. And you were like, uh, "Mate, if it was me and I was on national TV, I wouldn't argue with a complete stranger online." Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, "We can just be friends, man. Fine." <laughs> That was pretty much it. Yeah, he took it very well. I really I think he was it. even chatting yeah. to you about like, no, we're grand. Yeah, I jumped on this, of course. Oh, I did. Dig, uh, there was another dig in the second tweet as well. Was there? I said, yeah, like, um, I wouldn't be wasting my night, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I've just wasted mine watching the blizzards. <laughs> so he didn't catch that anyway. But well, yes, yeah. best skating. Um, Colin, you've had your own Twitter beefs. Uh, yeah, not so much beefs. It's, it's kind of gone on outside of my uh, presence. And, and like, <laughs> it, what's more, it ended uh, like completely without me in a bloody DM. Uh, I just I made a joke when one of Jedward got on my bus, and yeah, it turns out that Jedward still have a lot of kind of militant fans, and so yeah, it was actually the first day of Electric Picnic, so I wasn't exactly on my phone a lot, but every time I got a chance to check, uh, yeah, my mentions were lighting up with people just going like, "Hey, they're still working hard. Why would you say something so?" Oh, mean? You got absolutely what fucking did you rinsed, say? man. Let's be honest here, because he said something like, "You know, <laughs> I wonder if he knows like that he's got off he's on the wrong bus or something." And then one of them was like, "No, I said, I said what I said was one of Jedward just got on my bus. I've got to check if it stops at College Green or if it's just going to go straight to oblivion, yeah, or obscurity. obscurity Sorry." Yeah. And then yeah, oblivion somebody could be a nightclub. And then I think, <laughs> then I think <laughs> they were nice. opening. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first tweet Hard that I cross. got was well it's not Jedward's fault if you got on the wrong bus and it said maybe you should look at where your life is going and I was like Jesus Christ oh, wow. <laughs> going for it yeah then I also enjoyed some other Jedward fans who were like no 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 we don't preach hate leave the man alone the fact that you saw one of them like by themselves that's, that must be I, freaky I've, I've never seen, seen one of them I used to work in a vintage shop and one would come in on his own and when they're on their own they're so subdued like they're just they're really calm so, yeah. they're not energetic they're actually really nice do they need to be close to each other to have that level of energy? Like, it's a thing where I, I think, think the so. further apart they get, they're just like wither and die. I it, think it's like when you have that friend. Do you know when you have a friend and you see them and you just look at them and you get a bit giddy? Yes, I do. I think that's what they're like. Is it me? <laughs> do you? <laughs> no. Interesting Thank postscript, God. though. Interesting postscript <laughs> for the story. Uh, one, uh, Jedward put up a screenshot of your tweet as it appeared in Hot Press Magazine and was like, I wasn't on that bus. No, <laughs> th- no, no, no. They didn't even put up a screenshot. No, no, no. They DM'd Hot Press and said, I wasn't on that bus. Even oh, I didn't wow. name the fucking They're always boss, DM like. and hot press, though. Especially when I was there, they were constantly just being like, we think we should be in the magazine more. And uh, then just sorry, ignore. guys, can we use the, the correct term? I, I believe it's sliding into hot press's yeah. DMs. Oh, sorry, yeah. They, they slid in many times when, when I was there. And, but then, uh, Yeah, but then they backtracked, didn't they? So uh, this is your chance. Call them out. What? <laughs> I've already challenged Zara to a fight tonight. I can't take both the Zed Jedward on as well. Just but, take me well, on with a hug. Before we move on, you had one other little minor ruck recently as well with uh, Bastille. Oh, the fucking bloke from Bastille, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I it's put up a headline prick. and it was like, Nick, Nick Cave beats Bastille to number one. And he tweets back and he's like, dude, it's just music. It's not a competition. Well, it uh, actually is, actually. But I'm winning. He's like, yeah, I mean, number one, we wouldn't count how many sales you get if it wasn't a competition. Number two, that sounds like something a fucking loser would say. And number three, when you retweet every single story about you beating Nick Cave to the UK number one. Yeah. Hmm. What, did it become a competition on the Saturday? Did it, Dan? Hey, it's almost like he's a massive prick. 
I wasn't going to say it, Dave, but you're right. Shit tunes. Oh, horrible <laughs> tunes. We get it, mate. You can, you can do falsetto and bang a fucking drum. Great. Well done. So, listen. Uh, again, internet, serious business. Uh, one man who will no longer be doing his serious form of strange business on the internet is our, our old pal, Father John The best Missy. of men. He's yeah. The, he's the best of us. Uh, he's shunned the information superhighway um, yeah. in a shock move. Yeah, he's deleted his uh, Twitter, his Instagram as well. And, yeah, I mean, like, Pitchfork are gutted because they topped him in a poll of uh, 30 hours to follow on social media. And we have to say, he had a very fun social media presence. Uh, I quite enjoyed his uh, strange musings and uh, cryptic things. But this all points to, hey, it must be a new album coming out or something, right? Yeah, and I think in the run-up he was posting, like, the same clip of him being in studio over and over again with kind of cryptic stuff. So, yeah, it's just him toying with people. But he'll be missed for the small time he's away because he's great online. The other thing, though, that tends to happen is that when somebody leaves Twitter, or indeed is banned from Twitter, as, as is probably slightly more common, is that they will then talk to journalists ten times more. So, essentially, you're just getting the same shit, albeit through a different medium. Yeah, mm. this is true. So, you know, I don't think we'll be going without Father John Misty for all that long. And he didn't storm off either, so I'm sure it's kind of... Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of he was getting battered by the haters or something. (laughs) Just did a bit of a detox. Yeah, a bit of a detox. Well, uh, I look forward to what he puts out next. I hope he comes back. I hope that one of us can (laughs) get into... That sounded so hard. I hope he comes back. Come back, Joshua. Um, yeah, no, he's cool. Uh, He's he's an interesting character. I know a lot of people kind of find him a bit problematic. I don't. I think he's great. And that's all I have to say on the subject. So there you go. Next matter is closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bang the gavel. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, interesting hashtag progressive situations, Cullum, what did Lil Wayne do? Uh, well, Lil Wayne uh, is writing his uh, upcoming memoir, Gone Till November. Uh, fantastic title, it must be said, and fantastic shout out to Wyclef Jean. Um, it recounts his time spent in New York's Rikers Island Jail. Um, where he served a sentence stemming from gun charges. And he writes about it uh, where he officiated at a same-sex wedding and also learned his girlfriend slept with Drake. Uh, what, the same, the same ceremony? Like, like, in the middle of it, was she like, hey, I have something, he's like, I'm, not, I'm clearly doing something progressive over here. Yeah, or, or, or did one of the people get married, like, slip it into their vows somehow? I'm not sure. Uh, but <laughs> either way, uh, yeah, they, they decorated the hall with toilet tissue and toasted the union with 13 bottles of Gatorade. I mean, you Amazing. may do, don't Gatorade you? Gatorade apparently yeah. is liquid gold in this bitch. <laughs> uh, this is all in a handwritten journal, by the way. And I fucking hope that this book isn't going to hit the shelves typed up. Well, I, ha- I just want uh, photocopies. I quite enjoyed the bit where it said that his girlfriend had come to do a basic instinct. On one of his her visits. Oh yeah, but she didn't pull it off because no. she was yeah she was made. Apparently, when you go to visit Lil Wayne in prison, you're like there's an intense cavity search. <laughs> so they realised she wasn't wearing any underwear, so they gave her a pair of boxers and she had to wear, wear those. So that was upsetting. But it seems like he didn't really get preferential treatment in jail. Like it seems like he was really amongst Gen the inmates. Pop. Yeah, an episode of Oz. He was killed in the second episode. I wonder was he actually officiate? Like was he legal? Was that a legal? Ceremony, like are they you know actually I mean? married? Yeah, now? actually married. Um, I don't know. We'll have to find out because I don't Ring. know. I will. <laughs> Sarah, if uh, two of us had to get married uh, in a no encore trio over here, <laughs> what would be? Who would be a good person to officiate? Jeez, well, I used to work at a wedding guy. magazine, so I could do it. Yeah, but you could on. plan the wedding. Hang on, did you just <laughs> say if two of us were to get married? Yeah, like, who would? Some, it would obviously be Craig and Colin. Some kind of publicity stunt. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I thought you meant like who out of the three of us would officiate while the other two get oh, married. Oh, that's a better oh. question. That's a far more loaded question. That's a better question. Answer that one, Zara. <laughs> I feel 
with your wedding magazine nose. I, uh, I, I, Craig would definitely be part of the, the bride union. or groom. Okay, right. I'm just oh, trying to. Because you're broody, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I need to get I my think it would be last, like my biological clock is ticking <laughs> yeah, as well. Really That's the only reason we have his mic up so high, so you can't actually hear it. I think it would be Craig and Colm getting married and Dave officiating it. I couldn't imagine it any other way. I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm happy with that. Quite sorry, sweet, Nina. Albeit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of awkward situations. But then, could there. I give like a speech at the? Yeah, of course. Because one of my details out after the podcast, guys. Sh- sh- listen, I have no problem in ironing them out right now. I had at, our, at myself and Craig's hypothetical wedding, you are more than welcome Daddy. to deliver. I thought speech. you were doing a weird beatboxing there. You went, <laughs> <laughs> like, was, I think you're clearing your throat, but it came out in a strange way. The amount of made-up jokes that will be in that speech, though. I don't know. If I was just about it. to say when I worked there, I had a really good one about a cake, and I said that this would bring a tear to any cake lover's oh. eye. Whoa. Oh, I get it. It's, yeah, about, it's, it's about hikes and tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my dad yeah. used that in his best man speech years Well, he's a good so. man. <laughs> he is a good man. He was the best man on that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's 80s joke there. <laughs> Robbie Williams is back in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and what's more, this one has been going on for a while. He bought a gaff next to Jimmy Page. A gaff. And then <laughs> it's like a mansion. Like <laughs> but, oh, yeah, it's a big gaff, don't get me wrong. Uh, 17.5 million he paid for it. It used to belong to Michael Winner. Uh, he also wanted to... <laughs> Michael lost that gap, didn't he? He died, Dave. What? Yeah. He lost his life. He's dead. When? <laughs> the late Michael Winner. Like, the guy from the ads? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead about two or th- well, th- three... Fuck off. Years. Yeah. At this point. This is getting awkward. Yeah. Um, Michael Winner, the guy who's like, you know, oh, I can give you some great insurance advice. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Very, very... <laughs> yeah, he's... What happened? I, oh, he was really old. I think. He passed in his sleep, I believe. Like yeah, peacefully. I think so. I hope so. Hopefully. Well, listen, well it's more not that peacefully bad, Dave, because, than because Jimmie at the moment because there's no builders in. This is true. Life moves on. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to bring it back to the story. Well, <laughs> there's two losers in this story because. And as surprised as Dave is, it's okay because his wife got a lump sum and a cash deposit every month for the next five years. But did she get a crystal clock? <laughs> it was a pen, <laughs> a free pen. I'm too devastated for this, so can you can you can, can you please? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know he was this like this like Jack Palance all over again. All right, yeah, he, sorry. All right, listen. The the issue was Robbie Williams wanted to renovate this calf. He got off Michael Winner since deceased. The, the dead Michael, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Page wasn't having any of it. He was like, actually, no. If you renovate this house, it's going to affect my house. Apparently it was kind of ironed out, or anyway, the, the building plans were approved, so it was sorted last summer. But because of the delays and all this messing around with Jimmy, you know what he's like, it takes ages for him to do anything. Uh, Williams has been complaining that the renovation works are still ongoing, he hasn't been able to move in, but he's happy that it's a great story because it's involving Jimmy Page and mm-hmm. not just some Jimmy the accountant, which maybe, is true. Yeah. Maybe it's a situation where <laughs> some girl and <laughs> until she became his lover. Well, I do remember. Like, like he did years ago. I do remember. Hey, I'll bleep all of that out. <laughs> I do remember from a while back where, uh, yeah, I think this kind of stemmed from the fact that Robbie Williams' extension would either allow those rooms to see into Jimmy Page's garden or block the sunlight. To Imagine Jimmy what's going garden. on in that garden as well, by well, the way. Well, if you've seen Jimmy Page lately, it's probably just sunbathing. Um, is he very... he, well, he looks like a handbag at this stage, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Basically. It's a good enough punishment for the man. 
But yeah, Robbie says, you know, it, it, it's great. I've got a kind of a. It's he, great. I've got, I've got, I've, because now I've got an interesting Jimmy Page story yeah. to tell. He, he did add, I don't know which if there are any winners necessarily, which, you know, maybe they're not. But I mean, also, maybe he, he has the money. On yeah. the death of Michael Winner <laughs> yeah, as well. Maybe he still, still can't, I still can't believe this. This is like when I went on Radio Nova live on the air, and before I went to talk about my story, they were like, hey, before we get to Kiss, presumably, he was like. Uh, uh, breaking news there, and we 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 can see that uh, Davy Jones from the Monkees has passed away. Uh, your thoughts? And first, I'm hearing of this on live radio, mm. so I immediately just go into pro mode, and I'm like, "Yeah, Marty. I mean, we saw the rumors building on Twitter. There, we hoped it wasn't the case, but as you say, confirmation has officially come through. And I have to say, you know, uh, it's an end of an era. It's a great loss, and uh, commiserations to his friends and family." I'll yeah. be disappointed with that. Commiserations, not condolences. They should, they should have done better. Not condolences. Really? Commiserations. Yeah. Yeah, completely. All like the he was time. on a fucking game show and didn't get the top prize. He lost oh. his life, didn't he? This is oh, grim. This is really grim. That happened to me as well, actually, with John Lord from Deep Purple. Oh yeah, it's it's a Nova thing. They'll no. just announce someone has died while you're on air. And but you know, it just so happens that Craig is the quietest fucking Deep Purple expert oh, yeah, any of us have ever known. Purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they said to Craig, "Oh, John Lord just died," and Craig was like. Yeah, I mean, when you look through their back catalogue of work, including 1973's Bleh and 1978's I mean, yeah, Bleh. Yeah, pioneering kind of organ work and the fact that he I remember that broadcast because I remember Marty Miller, you know, <laughs> friend of the broadcast. show. But I, I think many I, people I remember Marty remember. being like really discombobulated by the whole thing. He was genuinely affected by it. And he was like, so Craig, um, uh, thanks for all that. Uh, do you still want to talk about Kiss? And you were like, no. Please <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but one thing we are going to talk about, are, are we done with the Robbie Williams streaming page? Yeah. yeah. There's no more to it. Michael Winner is still dead. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. And they're not friends either. Page and Williams. So it's exciting all around. Like a detective duo. But um, okay, so we'll turn the page onto a new story about the weekend. Yeah, it's just it's a strange little one that we picked up on today. Uh, last week we listened to a Starboy, uh, the title track from the weekend's upcoming album. In fact, we also got a slightly more disappointing sample from that record. In the shape you of false alarm. your tone here, sir. Just a couple of days ago. Ah, it's no, it's nowhere near as good. It's I a mean, strange it's... song. What's happening in it? Because it just wouldn't load for me. There's a bit of a Smiths vibe off it, don't you think? Oh, that sounds uh, good. To an extent, but no, it's it's a bit too frantic for me, I think. The one thing that I liked about The weekend is that everything's just kind of, you know, streamlined, restrained. This isn't. Um, although, I suppose it does certainly give us the, the idea that, you know, when we said last week, it's hard to predict what the record's going to be like. Yeah, it's even harder well, now. Well, can I ask you this before we move on to this kind of thing here? Um, you guys were a little bit unconvinced by Starboy. I, I have doubled down on it, and Craig was like, calm the fuck down. I think it's class. I think it's great. I, th- I think that uh, some of the reviews have been devastatingly scathing for reasons quite unknown. I think there's going to be a huge backlash on this record. I think people are going to be able to get him now. And... Some of the stuff I was reading, like, uh, the New York Times was like, you know, he's on autopilot here. And I don't hear that at all. I don't think he can be. I think the song is incredibly dynamic. I think it has insane replay value. Uh, I think it's a it's a five-star pop gem for me. I will say the music video kind of elevated it for me. It's a the, really good music video. No, I, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah. And it worked so well. Just mm, like, I'm back kind of thing. No, I, it really reminded me of Justin Timberlake's Cry Me A River. And to think that that's now up for an award, that like got a nomination for an award before it even came out I think is this is exactly farcical. the thing yeah the European Music Awards or the, the EMAs or whatever they're called isn't it uh, they announced their shortlist for best video of the year and the weekend Starboy w- was on it um, and then the next day he released the video yeah 
So how exactly does that work there? Did he just promise them it was going to be good? It's almost like award shows are bullshit. Surely not. Well, and it's kind of the second time now with MTV in the same year where they've just caused a bit of outrage with, I mean, with the VMAs, there was MIA and Borders. She oh, was right, pretty yeah. ticked off and now there's this. I mean, it just kind of makes it all a bit ridiculous. The video's awesome, though. It's him destroying his former self. It's, it's really not good. awesome. It's really good. I really like it. I do You're right, it, Dave. <laughs> I agree. I like the portrait of uh, Daft Punk as well. We got really you, bro. Looks cool. Anyway, well, we... Uh, <laughs> Well, we do kind of reserve judgment on on false alarm for now. We do have a few other tunes that caught our ear this week. Uh, This one was one of them. It's Metallica and Moth into Flame. Yeah, it's the second single from their upcoming album, Hardwired. Self-destruct. What do we make of it? I much, like it. Much better than the title track. I like it. Yeah, yeah it it's like, are they back? I think they might be back. Are they back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I mean, I would stop slightly short of that, to be honest. Maybe it is just that I'm a bit far removed from when I used to regularly listen to Metallica, but... Like, uh, it's fun. Like it's fine. It's, it's fun. It's fast. It's well produced. Uh, the, the, it, the production does a lot of goodwill to James Hetfield's vocals. They actually make him sound vaguely competent. And yes. uh, a friend of mine said that it sounds like seven songs off Ride the Lightning into one, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like every Metallica song that goes beyond three or four minutes, as they all tend to do, it does yeah, overstay its welcome. It does run into repetition. But I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. See, yeah. I'm even further removed than you would be, Colm. Um, I- I mean, it wouldn't have. It, it wasn't my favorite of the week. Um, hopefully, Metallica fans are really happy. It wasn't. Yeah, I, it I just. Pi- it pi- seems to just bleed. It just sounds the same to me. <laughs> seems to just bleed. No, I mean, like bleed into. <laughs> They'll be like happy one. with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Metallica fans will be happy with it because it does sound like something of a return to form. Now, granted, yeah, when they're not necessarily pushing the envelope any further than they have already you kind of do say in a general sense well don't we have enough songs of metallica you know doing what they do well but this one i don't think we've had it we haven't had enough of them doing songs that could actually rub shoulders with stuff from their 80s output in a decade oh sure yeah but what i'm saying is we still have their 80s output like you know Mm. sure but i think if they're going to be a viable band going forward this is definitely step in yeah Yeah, right direction i mean it lyrically it's not cringe inducing it's yeah, you know it's, it's fine, fine. it's yeah. grand um it's solid um the solo is actually good for change he doesn't nice sound drumming yeah kirk doesn't sound like he's on autopilot back in thing he's yeah doing. yeah it's um it's a nice piece of work disappointing the snare drum doesn't sound like the same anger snare drum but you know <laughs> oh, you, you, you can't have everything yeah maybe his wife was cooking that day or something <laughs> how did that trend never <laughs> catch on i'll never know it's um, a really good song <laughs> with a really it's good the sound. worst drums in the world but we move on it was a pleasant surprise and I, I tell you this if nothing else I'm actually now intrigued to hear the album and I wasn't before yeah very much so so there we go fair play lads good job lads well done another man uh, from another <laughs> band that we weren't sure 
just what we were going to get when they made new music if they could recapture former glories. It's the Libertines Pete Doherty. They didn't. He's going solo, solo did this you hear time. The yeah, it's crap. No, no, you didn't hear the album. I did hear the album. I don't think you go did. On. But anyway, go do, on. Want, do you want do you want, do you want to like really get into this? Oh, sure, let's get into it. Let's Can we it, get yeah? into the song, do it please? Off mic. <laughs> this is a solo single. I don't love anyone. You're not just anyone that sounds like this. I don't love anyone. You're not just anyone. You're not just anyone to me. I don't love anyone. You're not just anyone. You're not just anyone to me. Anything must be everything. You're dropping on. Yeah, uh, should have given him his full title, of course. Peter Doherty. He's serious now, like Andrew Cole. Yeah, out- <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. It's sounding a better song than this piece of shit. Oh, oh, I, really? I liked it. This is trash. Is he, I think it's fine. Oh. Sorry. Like, it's I'm talking to you, or you, or you. It's just, this is... <laughs> It's not even fine, man. I'm sorry, it's not. Uh, and I won't put up with this. This is the, On the same day that Niall Horan released a pathetic, pathetic, you know, I heard the plain white tees once and here's my version... Uh, here's my tribute to Brian McFadden song. You know, you're just like, you demand more. I'm, I've am i been told, I've been sold this lie about Pete or Peter, whatever he wants to call himself, for years now. <laughs> uh, Libertines were never the band that people said that they were. They weren't, I'm sorry, but they weren't. They, they were an average, band. average, average band with very little to say. And he is not a good singer. He's not an interesting songwriter. He's not an interesting lyricist. And this draws from, like, you know, songs we've heard a million times before, melodies that we know. Sea shanties. Sea shanties. And it's just so pointless you see here's the thing i mean like i do disagree with you in the libertines mm. i think they're an interesting band i think they're a good band um and i also disagree with you with Pete Doherty as a singer because i think he does have a sort of an i, I guess emotion in his voice a fragility or something it, it is an interesting voice to listen to i do think that this song is very i mean like it's just ordinary it's perfectly serviceable but i think just the cult of Pete Doherty raises it to something a little more interesting than it is I mean, yeah. I mean, put it this way: I can see these like words and melody coming from like the ordinary boys or something, and being fucking lambasted. But I'll agree with Dave that the vocally, um, not great at all, and he's been like this for years. Where I think he's just so indulged that he doesn't even bother trying to sing properly <laughs> anymore. It's just this drawl, and he has an interesting voice. I always thought it was much better when. We got short bursts of it next to Carl, who was a much more kind of straightforward singer. Um, he's written some absolutely wonderful songs in the past. He's a very, very good writer. Uh, he's got some classics in his back pocket, but this is definitely not one of them. It starts kind of promising enough. It's an interesting melody, but it just wanders off into this kind of vague, f- half-folky, acoustic... It's not offensive. Like, it's it's not. It's, it's, it's taken from his, what is going to be his second solo album. And looking at the track listing, he's got a song on there called The Whole World Is Our Playground, which is something that he wrote about 15 years ago. And he does this with every... And the Libertines did it with the last album, where these songs that they wrote back in the late 90s and early, before they were even Libertines, are popping up. So it just seems like he's really rummaging around for material. And I think maybe his moments passed, but a terrific force in the past. Yeah, no, um, I, out of all of the five, I found one that you could return to. I didn't find it particularly annoying pleasant enough like his vocal you can just understand why it's a bit ruined really 
But Zara yeah, just, it's grand. Zara just ruined the surprise that we have three more songs to get today. <laughs> and uh, one that I Whoop. think Sorry. will probably unite the room hopefully a little bit more. It's Chromatics. The magazine sounds like this. Yeah, so that's magazine. It's not actually from the album Dear Tommy, <sighs> which we're still waiting for, but it's uh, from the soundtrack of a film called Home, which Johnny Jewell has, has scored and uh, obviously has used some old chromatic songs on there. Are you taking this one personally, Craig? Yeah, I mean, it's just another kind of... It's great to have another new song, but it just makes the longing even worse, doesn't it, for the actual album that this won't feature on, but it's just, it kind of shows what a kind of rich vein of form John Jill seems to be in at the moment. He was away for so long, although working on other projects, which were kind of stellar as well, in fairness, that you thought maybe they won't come back with something as strong as Kill for Love, but I don't know, it, it, it seems like Dear Tommy's shaping up to be something special. Um... I thought this was great. <laughs> I, I did, I'm like a broken record every time we talk about chromatics. I'm just like, yeah, another good one. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, no, I found this really, really good. I loved the kick in. I liked the really 80s throwback vibe to it. Kind of reminds me of something you might hear on the Drive soundtrack, <laughs> which, vroom, vroom, it's always good. Um, yeah, vroom, no, vroom. I, yeah. Um, chromatics wouldn't be a band I would have listened to a lot. You sent me a video of one of their recent songs. I did. And I wasn't a huge fan, so you when weren't. I saw this, I was a bit, Ooh, and then when I listened to it, I was really pleasantly surprised, I really like it. It would make me excited to now listen to what's to come. Yeah, I'm with Craig on this. I, 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 I'm I, a broken record when it comes to chromatics. Well, I, I love the sound. I, I love the signature sound that they have, and I'll listen to them that they put out. But I will say, like he's, he, you know, the, the whole thing about this album, Dear Tommy, like you're just like, it's getting to Frank Ocean levels now, if you're a fan, sure. which we are. So we're like, you know, come on, let's just put it out there and... It's always it's always welcome to hear new music, no matter what it's associated with. But you know, the first thing you see is new chromatic track, and you're like, "Oh, class! This seems like a a, a momentum building now." There's going to mm. be they haven't even announced a release date for Dear Tommy, so yeah, you know, you wait and hope. This Patience. is fine. This Patience will tide us over. It, it's it's really effective. It's totally atmospheric. I don't care about the movie. Yeah, I, you know what? It's <laughs> funny. I don't care too much about the movie, but I feel as though you're almost going to have to watch it to get the final few blanks of the song filled in I don't know I felt as though it was kind of like deliberately slightly lacking in context which is presumably going to arrive when you see what it's soundtracking So uh, I think a lot of their music does that as well. It's also interesting as well, has kind of, rather than those 80s synths, synth, kind of has 80s guitars, so switching it up slightly in the 80s spectrum, but good song. Indeed. And uh, yeah, an unlikely hit for one of the people at this table. Uh, this one is Hertz, and it's the new single from Emily Sanday. Sounds like this.
Okay, so admit it. Who at this table was more impressed by this song than they were expecting? Me. I think all of us must have been because it's it's not because Emily Sanday is probably the most boring person that has ever lived. Well, so. no, stop. Emily Sanday <laughs> fucking won the Olympics in 2012. That's what? as interesting oh, yeah. as it gets. Oh yeah, sorry. Can, she can was you, at boat ceremonies, wasn't she? Yeah. Just everywhere. She literally was everywhere. I think it was like three times. Was that an administrative error or something? <laughs> I don't Were know. Were they like, someone's cancelled, is Emily still in the building? Or the <laughs> stadium? Or <laughs> somebody's just kept hitting reply all every time <laughs> she has an inquiry. I don't know. It was a lot bigger. The sound is a lot heavier than I expected it to be because I guess I just knew her from those songs that she has that sounds like the background song that would be yeah, played see, I, to I an X Factor story. Right. Um, I have this, no idea. This kind of reminds me like how like the build up with the drums and I think is there like a trumpet or a saxophone in the back? I can't quite remember. Um, it sounded very like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis or something like that. Like if you took My her boy. voice away, if you took her voice away, you could imagine Mac and Ryan just going I got at more, it. I got more of a, her, her real first name vibe off this, Adele, right. because mm. it's very Adele. My main problem with this song is that it has an incessant hand clap sound, which just won't fuck off. What can you do? But for the most part, it's engaging. It's a three out of five and no more. But for her, like, I was stunned. I was like, I was like, I was like this actually has life in it. Like, on Spotify, when this track ended, it went into a live performance before I could change it. And she's there and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the Royal Albert Hall. And you've never heard someone who just doesn't sound like a human being. You know, she just sounds so lifeless <laughs> and so... In, in, in this grand occasion, she can't even stir up the life. So I was stunned that she could do it here. But as we know, as Hot Press has told us, she's a strong, intelligent woman. See, I'm just fucking not having this, man. I did not like this song. It sounded like what the writers for Glee are having to get up to in their off time. It's just this kind of bombastic musical theatre stuff. Those repeated deep, 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 deep... My, that's going to be my new alarm, and I'm never going to be late for anything in my fucking life. Oh, you will be. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did, just didn't feel this one. I do agree with you that it do, did sound very like from the Glee era. When I listened to it, I was just like, this just does not sound the like... whole Glee era. You all remember that? It was like the whole punk <laughs> thing when it kicked off. Don't stop believing, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't. It sounded very 2009 to me. It sounded like it could have been a song that came out alongside J Lo or Christina. I guess my issue is that I just don't kind of buy it. Yeah, no. No, I don't buy it either. Quite formulaic. Um, You know, it's not the worst song. It's well put together. Uh, It's quite a British pop song as well. There's kind of a a bit of, you know, kitchen sink drama in the lyrics. And then it does have those strings which are a bit Bondy and I suppose a bit Adele. So, yeah. um, uh, You know, it's an okay effort from her, but I won't be listening to it again. So, if you want... (laughs) (laughs) Just to point out, I wasn't like... I'm not like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. Love it. It's... It was a surprise because it had shit going on. I'm also never going to listen to it again. It reminded me a bit of uh, Radiohead's Burned Witch and that kind of locomotive percussion what? thing what? that was going on. Yeah, first minute or two. Check it out, guys. <laughs> Interesting companion piece. Uh, that's Radiohead's. it for Songs of the Week. Oh, hang on a second. It isn't, is it? It isn't because no. if you've enjoyed uh, Dave enjoying something and me not, then you might want to tune in next <laughs> week when we're going to be talking about the album from these guys.
Zara is literally laughing at the notion that next week Dave, Craig, and I are going to be discussing. I'm going to have a listening party for that. Dillinger Escape Plan. It's been a ridiculously fantastic year for music, and that year just seems to keep growing <laughs> and expanding and continuing. And I've had I've had this record in my possession now for about a month. I'm a fan. Well, we knew that. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so yeah, symptom of terminal illness. Uh, this is the second time we've had Dillinger Escape Plan track on the pod. Uh, there's some melodies in this, some vocal melody. You must like yeah, that. This yeah, must I'm, I'm, okay I'm, for you. You know what? I'm in fairness, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, far far more approving of this than the last song. And uh, listen, yeah, I'm going to go into the album with an open mind. I still haven't given it a play, so uh, going to live with it for next week. And uh, yes, shall report back. Yeah, uh, association. Association is the name of the record. It's out on October 14th, and we will be getting in depth. Craig, sorry. No, I, I think once come here is a song that comes directly after this. You'll be a bit back into the oh my god territory. Right. Well, that's something to look forward <laughs> what to. What was it you said earlier? What? This Dylan album is going to make Cullen blow his brains out. Yeah. I was listening to it live on the podcast. And I, I quite like them, and it was my head is still a bit hot. Yeah, from well, listening not, to not, them. not so much blowing brains out, but uh, certainly scrambling them was uh, the album that we are going to review right now. <laughs> it's not even our album of the week. We talked about it a while back. It's kind of our album of the fortnight. And uh, yeah, it was needed because there's a lot to unpack. It's called 22 a Million. It's a new one from Bonnie Bear. It sounds like this. Staying at the Ace Hotel To call me loud I would just be floating to you now It would make it pass to let it pass on That one's called 33 God. It's taken from 22 a million. The new album from Bonnie Vare. Zara, you have reviewed this forehead mm-hmm. stuff. In fact, it's on the website right now. It is. What did you make of it? I loved it. Um, yeah, I think Justin Vernon is a really interesting guy. Um, it was 2011 since um, Bon Iver, Bon Iver, the second album. Um, and now he's come back. This is completely well it's not completely different there are still uh strands of what he's done beforehand um it's just a bit more layered it's a bit more dense a lot more produced um yeah it's really really good i cannot recommend it enough dave you've been spending quite a bit of time with the record yeah your takeaways well you said before when we teased this last week you said that record's confusing you know we couldn't possibly review it with just two days listening and you were fucking spot on and what i will say is that like i kind of went back and forth in not well, not in any kind of positive negative way but more a case of how good is this like i mean like uh, early verdict here i think it's great um it was a situation for me where like it took a week or, and and a bit and a little bit longer for it to fully click and for it to fully kind of have me um i will say this though uh and granted this can happen with any song even the worst songs but there was something to this uh this is an incredible record to listen to in the dark with your headphones on when you're going to bed and you got a bunch of whiskey in your system, big time. This really, I like, I, I had one listen of that variation and it fucking knocked me for six. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with you because there's some songs on it and especially that like really um, uh, 
cap- not captivating, but like really attention grabbing, um, vo- like computerized backing vocal. Mm-hmm. That's very like the Frank, o- like what Frank Ocean has in his album. That can be kind of menacing and terrifying. So I would not be listening well, to that. Well, in, in your the review, you actually kind of threw Frank under the bus just ever so. No, slightly. I wouldn't necessarily what? say I threw him under the bus. I just think it's interesting that it's both Frank's last album was 2011 as well, and he was constantly. It's going to come out now. It's going to come out now. Whereas Justin wasn't making a big fuss about this. He was releasing things as they were ready. Then he uh, premiered the album at the festival. He was sticking to what he was doing. Um, he wasn't making a big kerfuffle. You and say he that, just but you said this. It effortlessly stands out in the year lauded with the return of Frank Ocean, which pales in comparison. Yeah, I do think so. Because one thing that I really loved about this album and about how Justin Vernon has kind of approached the whole uh, Bonnie Rare band and project is that like with each album things have gotten things have been different things have improved things have gotten a bit more dynamic and he said that um he wanted to step away from the band because there was too much attention on it he didn't want to make music for the sake of it which I really respect because a lot of bands and artists do do that turn out muck and then this is just a much more honest representation of what he likes at the moment and his preferences so I respect that. I really like it. It's interesting that Frank Ocean would come up because I suppose the two of them can be somewhat compared in the fact that, you know, you mentioned the years are a coincidence. The fact that they are, you know, rather deep albums and take a while to unpack, uh, there's definitely a, a commonality there. The one difference between the two I felt, and it's a fine line, but it's an important line, is between an album being elusive and an album being evasive, as Mm. in where there are certain albums where, you know, it's laid out for you. Now, it might be, you know, too lofty a concept, or there might be too much depth for you to get through to fully grasp it, but that's an elusive album, whereas the evasive album is the one that sort of, you know, zigzags to get away from you, essentially, and it keeps that distance. And that's what I got from this record, because when you break it down, everything on it is superb, yet even after listening to it for 10 days... I didn't find myself loving it as I probably kind of should have. But every time you were getting close to it, it seemed like there was something deliberately designed to just push you away a little as though Justin Vernon was armed with some sort of cattle prod. You, you know, kind of just that you're not going to get that close. There's a, there's a beautiful moment in Stratford Apartments, uh, 29 Stratford Apartments as it's called, um, where... Like, it's moving into this beautifully stripped-down kind of coda towards the end. And suddenly the vocals distort completely. That, that's that, that's the genius of this, but I think. It, it It is, and it's incredibly deliberate. But like I say, it, it does... There's almost an element of, like, misanthropy about it, that they're just like, no, this isn't for you to connect with I in the way that... I wholeheartedly disagree. Really? Uh, massively so. Sorry, Craig, I I'll, I'll, I'll just want to... Just first... Uh, just so I can... Uh, roll with this because I'm I, I, I'm fascinated by this because I mean I I love that you you've had the experience because I, I like that it is that kind of a record. Uh, I, I I've gone the other way. I've gone completely the other way. I, I, where you see kind of like closed locked doors, I see open windows. I'm just kind of like this is so you got to work to get there. But like in my review for Drowning Sound, I said this is absolutely a world of Justin Vernon's making, but we can live there too. 
And I think moments like that, where those vocals kind of rip and tear, and you're almost like, is something wrong with my with my headphones here? Uh, yeah, uh, my whole thing about this is that like he's employing new tricks that appear to be there to deflect you, but I don't think they are. I don't think they are at all. I think this is a puzzle. And I think that if you kind of crack the code or whatever, you realize that, no, this is actually the warmest work of his career. Well, yeah, I kind of went through a similar journey to you guys in that we've obviously been grappling with this quite a lot. I think I kind of broke through, though, where Cullen, you were having issues with, you know, getting close enough to it. And it kind of clicked with me where for a while I was having that issue where certainly with, you know, the way he's approached the kind of production of this record, there were times of thinking, okay, he's trying new things. I mean, he's not trying terribly new things at times. I mean, there's a lot of kind of music concrete ideas and, you know, almost Dadaist things of, it's like he's trying to sabotage the Sonics at times. Yeah. Mm. And while that was kind of thrilling initially, I did go through a period where the songs were then working for me in terms of lyrically and his melodies, but I felt, is he just purposely kind of sabotaging the Sonics and making this jarring thing? I somehow came through the other side thinking, no, this is kind of a more, somehow more honest portrayal of where he's at than certainly his first record, which was kind of so folky and so, you know, guitar based and stripped back that it almost seemed, you know, when he was singing that falsetto, it just, it was so many kind of touchstones that you could, you know, look at in terms of what he was doing there that it seemed almost falser than this, where... With this, even if he's doing stuff where he's recording on crumpled up tape and it seems a bit haphazard, he's clearly trying to kind of show the bruises that he's expressing. And I think there's brilliant moments of collision between the lyrics and kind of him sonically expressing what he's feeling. And, you know, he, he talked about the genesis of this record being him just like going on an off-season mm-hmm. holiday to the Greek islands and being quite lonely. And in a lot of ways, this is almost like a kind of gospel record, but it's, and he's spoken about how actually when he makes those kind of references to the sacred and things like this, really he's talking about music and art. So it's all his struggle, and the struggle is right there in the playing and the music. Now, there's times when I think he goes too far. I mean, on a song like 45, he's talked about that being maybe the best of his career. And that hasn't quite clicked for me yet. They're certainly doing interesting things. Like in terms of the instrument, they're using this kind of thing where they're splitting the melody into harmonies and they can alter the instruments and the sax in real time. And it's kind of it's interesting that way, but just for me, it seems a bit too self-indulgent. And with something like 715 Greeks, I think, which is when it's laid bare like that and he's just messing with the autotune. Again, it just seems self-indulgent. But for the Mm. rest of it, it's just a beautiful kind of union of that. And it sounds like this strange kind of transmission and very personal. So yeah, I'm definitely on board with it at this point, but it took a while to get there. I mean, it has to be said, I, I need to jump in here and say, like, I was not trashing this record by any stretch mm, of the imagination. Sure, yeah. It's wonderful. The thing is, I, I, I feel as though if I broke through that barrier that you were talking about, if it is a barrier, maybe it's something that I'm always going to look at it this way. But like, I feel like this could be seminal. Like this could be like album of the year. This could be up there with the best albums of the past number of years. Apart from the fact that, yeah, I just felt sabotage is a great word. It sounded like, you know, that there was like a little bit of revision at some point where it was, you know, oh, just going to fuck this up a little bit, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's such an important determination to make, you know, I guess, where is somebody trying to do something different or is somebody like actually different? You know, are they coming from at it from that sort of, you know, different place? Because... You know, if if it was a straightforward ballad that he decided to mess it up, then it's extremely different to kind of working with a messed up ballad in mind. 
a very dear friend of mine is currently working on a record. He's currently finishing it. And I was talking to him about this today. And he was saying that he's at the stage now of the process where he thinks it's all shit. And he wants to throw it out, which mm. actually mirrors what happened with Justin Vernon on this. He wanted to throw it all out. And he said that he had this big idea and he didn't know if he had the wherewithal to follow it through. Ultimately, he did. My friend also said to me that he said uh, it's obnoxious, his record, and intensely personal. And he hopes that people get that and that they can see in between that. And I was like, fuck, you might as well be talking about this Bonnie Vare record. And I like that. I love when someone has the courage of their convictions to follow that kind of thing through. And they have that ambition. Um, it did take a while. This album will take a while. I'm very, very curious to see... It didn't really take a while for me. Really? Yeah, no. Sorry, you're always so ahead of us. Involved being. No, I don't... Like, it seems so easy, Zara. No, no, like, I completely understand what you were saying originally with, like, an album being evasive and elusive. Because there was times with... Um, certainly his diction where I would hear different words or phrases and I'd be like oh okay that's interesting but then when I was actually reading the lyrics it was something totally different he does actually say fuckified though which I loved fuckified <laughs> but he's flat out he's also making words up but then yeah. oh yeah I love yeah. all that though I'm, I'm a sucker yeah, I'm like, a sucker for that kind of what the yeah. hell is an estuary king why do we need to define it well this yeah there you go <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, but he skirts I, that line really well. I think where it doesn't just become wanky kind but of. Oh, absolutely yeah. not! It's not wanky because no, as well, like he kind of brings it back to like how we all feel at one stage. Like in the review at one stage with that, there's like a line where he's like, "Won't you please stay for a cup of tea?" And you're like, "Okay, we've all been there. We've all like." <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted someone to stay for tea. No. What? You have to get up, boil a kettle. But no. he does have sentiments that, okay, maybe not that one, but he does have sentiments that you're like, okay, that's really, um, that resonates with me. It's universal. And it's like, yeah, everyone has felt like that. It so I very, don't think he's. It's very evocative. And exactly, there's a lot of yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that, yeah. 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 And like, there, there's no doubt that this is, you know, he's very much laying things out there. But. Like I say, there is just every now and then this this thing. It was it was really interesting. Like now that we know, uh, I started listening to this album before his interview with was it the Guardian or the Observer. The Guardian appears to be the only interview that he's done. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was Guardian, was it? Yeah, uh, on their website. Uh, I was reading it last weekend, and where he said he he doesn't want any uh, photos that entirely show his face. Yeah, there's some sort of thing going on in every one of them. And I guess, yeah, that's exactly what this album is, right? Yes, exactly. This is the most pure form of Justin Vernon, Mm. but something somewhere is obscured or is distorted or is messed with in some way so that we're not actually getting the exact true picture and that was the debate I was I having in my head where I, like, that was like my problem at a one point when I was like well I was enjoying it straight away but then I was almost kind of not angry but thinking well are you just willfully kind of being evasive or kind of trying to extend yourself and do something artificial but then I realised no he's kind of getting rid of all the stuff around it in this weird way to get to something deeper I think mm. it's, it's a strange one to articulate but it's my take on it is and I'm, I don't mean to keep referring to the review that I wrote but like you know I'm repeating myself in as much as I've written this already uh, I've said that he confronts very human fears in the best in the most exquisite way possible Spiders. by letting go he's letting go this is him letting go and yeah there are walls here there are barriers there are strange discordant things but I think they're all uh, breachable mm-hmm. and I think that he's I think his hand is out beckoning us to come and I mean even a track like Craig mentioned Autotune uh, I know Zara's not a fan of 
Seven Fifteen Creeks, the third mm. track in this record, I think it's a knockout. No, I just think it's didn't work it, for me. Yeah, it's, it's a knockout. Me either. I just think it's a bit abrasive. It's it, it stands like out for the ro- it doesn't work. I don't. It sounded like the, the most obvious it. thing he would do, f- considering his previous work. I think. Well, yeah, he like he did Woods really? on the Boy Bank yeah. EP, which is you know just kind of image and heap acapella hide and seek yeah. style thing. That works for me completely. I mean, there's very little here that doesn't. The only thing that doesn't quite work for me is 21 Moonwater because I think it's a little bit too over the top. See, I loved that one. It's a nice kind of palate cleanser. It just sounds like alarms going off here and there. N- it's no. fine within the Towards context. Towards the end when it just goes... It goes, it goes a bit too yeah. much. I mean, like, you got Eight Circle, which is very Bruce Springsteen to me, which I love. I think it's a really lovely oh. five mm-hmm. minutes. It's kind of the most... And it's around that point he, is, he kind of drops his falsetto as well, which is interesting. Yeah. And kind of goes almost more orthodox, apart from that kind of jarring bit at the end of it, Moonwater. It definitely does seem to be a bit of a turning point in yeah. the album. Uh, Moonwater again I must say like I I kind of felt as though after the fairly kind of unabashed emotion of of a song like 666 Mm -hmm. it did once again feel like one of those moments where it's just pushing you ever so slightly away that bond that you just felt for three and a half minutes don't get used to it but it's not really good though and the fact that like you know there's so many albums there's so much and I and like the impression that this leaves and if it makes you feel that way like it makes you work that bit harder oh listen absolutely yeah now, granted like, he's got two albums worth of goodwill but still I mean like you know he's a, like yeah like you can never say oh this is completely unique because someone will always come along and go well actually but he is a singular artist and a fascinating one. Oh, without a doubt yeah and like that that's why I said at the top I mean like if this sounds like I'm trashing it by no means at all. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. I don't think you are. And at in all. fact, yeah, it, it 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 it's very interesting that I would still rate the album quite as highly as I do. Well, before we get to <laughs> that, those reservations. But also, as well, I think just like one more thing is that, like, even though it is really, really different, um, and he's doing something a bit obscure, it does like there were times where I did feel it did sound quite like stuff that's coming out now that maybe is representing how music sounds now as opposed to say like the Emily Sandy Sandy record or single that came out but it sounds no but no I mean as in like it's come out in 2016 but it sounds like something that could have come out in 2009 this I mean at least does sound like it's kind of pushing away to do things newer yeah I don't know what in many ways this record sounds like it could only come from an artist like Bonnie Bear who does have that sort of goodwill who also has that sort of confidence who has that inspiration etc etc um like you say a singular artist is is, is a very fun way should we it. talk mm. about how he hates women <laughs> oh wait hang on he probably doesn't hate women <laughs> probably not but you know that's what everyone was saying last weekend when that guardian interview was uh, used for headline grabbing material by other websites look everybody's going to jump on those sorts of bandwagons especially if there's a nice tweetable quote yeah, and the tweetable quote in question is, again, while he was talking about blurring those lines and not playing the game and that kind of thing, um, he said, hopefully the people understand that I will come and play for you. I will get to you eventually in your city, but when I get there, hopefully we'll play something more special. We won't just play some gig. We'll have thought about it. It won't just be, hello, Cleveland. Um, this isn't, you know, like about ego, apparently, like as it says here in the article. Um, it's about wanting to halt the idiocracy. He says, you can never be self-righteous, but it's okay to be a little bit righteous. You have to believe in something. Like, I'd prefer if Beyonce didn't do a Pepsi tour. Don't take $2 million from Pepsi and be a role model for young girls. Do not do that. That stuff angers me, and I feel like I'm not afraid to talk about it. So that is obviously headline-worthy material. You don't criticize Beyonce, how dare you? And it led to a lot of people saying, 
I can't believe Justin Vernon hates women. I can't believe this guy that I love oh. hates women. And I'm just like, concerned what he, that means for his friendship with Kanye because if Kanye reads that, <laughs> oh, he is going to lose it. There's going to be real problems there. But, and yeah. of course, people have also lined up to call him a hypocrite because he did a thing with Bushmills, yeah. including mm, the singer yeah. from Fleet Foxes. Who can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, he, and I think he himself has kind of, you know, acknowledged this and he said he deeply regrets doing so and it was just one of those things and it helped pay for, you know, mm. studio time or whatever the fuck it was. But like, it's just this weird thing where, like, I understand why people would be upset. In a line like, you know, you're a role model for young girls, you know, yeah, a man has no business saying this, but I don't agree. And, I, of course, you know, I am a white male, so let's throw to a white female, <laughs> Sarah. Does, um, does Justin Vernon hate women? No, I don't think so at all. I think this is just, I think there's a particular type of person that will pick up on that. I don't want to go too into detail as to what kind of person hear that Twitter that hear be. that um, I think it's more of an angry woman who has said that about Justin Vernon um, I don't think he hates women I'm not offended by Justin I don't think of him differently and Beyonce will continue to be a role model to her beehives I think the so main... they're both invited on the pod yeah. Yeah. yeah I think the main takeaway from the whole thing is that yeah you see why he hasn't done interviews right yeah, yeah this is exactly. exactly it I mean when he's talking about trying to get away from this nonsense it suddenly makes sense but you the reason I kind of brought up in the, in the, at the end of this review is because I, I think again it's one of those things where are people taking what wrong even that Guardian interview which I thought was on the whole if you read the whole thing in context I think it's very you know I think it's a, a quite fine interview but yeah, like, I think it's quite elucidating on and I know you know this, this is a bad example because you know Guardian comments are, are going to be worse than YouTube comments but I mean like you can understand why he, as Craig says, you wouldn't want to do it because, like, he's just—he's accused of pomposity. He's accused of self-indulgence. He's accused of every fucking negative detail. And again, I just—I don't think it's there. To be honest, I think he would be more of a role model in how he is like making work, doing what he loves, and like taking his time with doing it, not rushing it, and just being true to his vision, as opposed That's to more than more than Beyonce. I'll get out. Get out. <laughs> no, get out right absolutely. Now. The voice, finishing this that's, podcast. That's the voice of an angry man over We're finishing there. Finishing this podcast, Dave. Actually, sorry, just before we finish this podcast, literally a shout out to Fionn Regan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He has been forgotten yeah. for so long, I think, for Irish music. Oh, I love Fionn Regan. He's I such a talented Fionn. bloke. And, and a great interview as well. I was going to say, yeah. Fionn Regan makes Amazing. it onto my special list. I've talked about this with you guys before. And um, I've mentioned that Wallace Bird, a friend of this podcast, uh, is also on this list of people who had loads of time for me when I was making a shitty college radio show when I was 18. Oh, and so, yeah, those people always get props. And so, yeah, Fionn Regan's Abacus uh, pops up on the closing track of this album. And read effectively as well. It yeah. works really well. And by the way, I love that last line. You know, like, it, it harms, it harms, it harms me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll let it in. I love that. That acceptance, that ownership, and that kind yeah. of, you know, that, that, that gradual build and, and, and incredible payoff. You said earlier on, Cullum, you said, you know, seminal... I want this to be like in the conversation for the album of the year and you know I I think it is I think this has entered the conversation for the album of the year absolutely I think it's entered the conversation for album of the year I honestly think that there is a slight hump that I, I may well get over okay and I feel that if I was over it there wouldn't have to be a conversation Okay, well, for me, and it took, like I say, you know, it wasn't immediate and I like that about it but for me it's a confirmed solid 9 out of 10 I'll go 8 22 out of 10 for me. <laughs> no, it's 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 approaching a 9. I'm going to say that because I said the same about Frank's record. And I do feel 
Frank's record and James Blake's record, those three are going to maybe be the top three for me. It's just, there's something about those that is unifying. I gave Frank 8.6 on this episode yeah, of being it's, all it's, pitchforky, but I gave it 9 in my review. Frank is a 9, this is a 9. And uh, Lost Under Heaven, incidentally, is a 9 for me this year as well. Zara? It's a 9 for me. Oof. Oof. Big scores. And uh, yeah, big props for Bonnie Bear. Uh, if you're going to just listen to one thing... <laughs> Over the next uh, seven days, uh, make that it. Maybe make it the next fourteen days. If you're going to make it two, any suggestions? A dunger, as to dunger else to escape plan. <laughs> not over a little while, Dave. Devendra's. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, oh, no. it's me. Um, <laughs> Devendra Banhart. He has a new album out. Um, it's fifty-fifty. It's half good, half loungy. Uh, Warpaint, really good album that came out last week. Um, I'm getting into Danny Brown, that new record which yes. dropped early. Uh, at the time of recording, Kid Cudi and Solange records haven't come out yet, but I expect big things from at least one of those, if not both. And yeah, I mean, again, as I keep saying, a ridiculous year of music, it's constantly like building all the fucking time and there's a lot more to come, which is great. Yeah. Play us out, Dave, or what is to play us out? Well, to play us out this week, Cullum, we're back in the habit with some good old-fashioned electro-pop with an Irish twist. Uh, 22-year-old uh, singer, songwriter, electro-pop artist from Mullingar, the musical town of Mullingar, which, like I say, was shamed by Niall Horan with his debut single. But what can you do? Uh, I'm going to pronounce and this the wrong. Blizzards. The name of the... <laughs> and the Blizzards. And the Blizzards, of course. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the name of the singer in question is Fee. Uh, and I'm going to pronounce the name of this wrong. It's uh, Alu. Alu, because I, I apologize. I don't speak Alu. Basically, this is a kind of a soul-searching... It's an Irish term, which is translated as escape. So and to be fair, it, <laughs> and to be fair, it does scan way better than if she'd called the song Schliemach. <laughs> she said that she wrote the song. Bit of banter there. She wrote the song after being on a bus heading home from Dublin. After seeing the sign Alu for the emergency exit, she wrote about feelings of disillusionment as her personal situation and her relationship at that time. So, to play us out this week. This is Fee. This is Alu. My name is Dave Hanratty. This has been no encore. There will be no encore. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See ya. Thanks, man. Ganairi on Boherlath. Hollow eyes, caught in the moment. Open minds, now my opponent. Headstrong, we're sharing one side of the coin. Wash everything away now Break into storm Take everything you can down I'm burning out Is this all part of the game? I never said I want you I never said I need you I never said I want you Never said I want you
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Char. Fuck off, man. <laughs> All right, I've got this. Stop this it. I'm overtaking it now. She's a- This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older in President Virginia to bet. Paid and free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.